Hello class. Welcome to an informal chat session. Yen's asked for more chats and I provide them. I'm going to try to do um, some other things this season. In addition to the regular Thursday night episodes, I'm going to try to put out some shorter things throughout the week. They're like bonuses, like short lessons or Things that there's not really enough information to make a whole episode on. Just little tidbits or maybe fun facts or fun stuff like that. So um, we just slept, slept for like 12 hours, me and Nathan. And it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm making Arby's curly fries. I got an air fryer for Christmas, which I asked for. And I love Arby's curly fries. They're like the, one of the best foods in the world. So I'm... Um, Cooking those, those are downstairs cooking, and somebody's not letting me uh, record my current episode I'm working on, so I thought I'd start a chat session. He's being a real pain in the ass. I don't know why. He he peed in here, which, I mean, he knows better. We literally just went outside, and he peed like three different places outside. So then he comes in here and lifts his leg. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I get uh, stuff to clean it up with and I, I take the paper towels and he starts squealing and care he is so weird he screams like I, I don't know I've never heard a dog make noises like that I had this one pug before him Patrick he was so sweet and loving and he hardly ever barked or made any noise he was just this lump that he was always a lap pug he was like the sweetest dog ever Except when I took him to the vet to get his nails cut. Oh my God. You'd think he was having an exorcism. It took like three people to hold him still. And he would scream like these just unearthly sounds. Like a horror movie soundtrack would come out of him. It, it, it was absolutely unbelievable. Nathan's kind of the same. You have to have at least two people holding him when I take him to the vet to have his nails cut. And um... I just did Leo's the other day, and he was actually real good. He was on my lap, and um, he just had his little hands and feet sticking out, and I clipped his nails, and he didn't even, like, really fuss or anything. I was like, wow. So when you're hearing this, it's going to be my birthday, January 13th, and I'm 29. I'm sure everybody knows I'm 50-fucking-two. So what I thought I'd do is be egocentric since it's my birthday and make up some fun well not make up but read some fun facts about my favorite things since it's my birthday get the theme first thought first thing i thought i'd do is see if i could find any interesting facts about the number 52 and you'll have to excuse me if it sounds like i'm recording from a Born full of pigs because Nathan is in here. I don't know what his problem is. He's rooting around, winking and snorting. And he's over by one of the bookcases, digging at it. Like there's, I don't know what he thinks is there. I even swept under it. I'm like, look, Nathan, there is nothing here. Leave it alone. So um, I'm sorry about the, the noises in the background. So 52 is the fifth bell number. And that is the number of ways to partition a set of five objects. And I have 
absolutely no clue what that means. Absolutely none at all. Yes, I have a PhD, but I also flunked geometry in high school, and I flunked college algebra, not once, not twice, but three times. So it's just to prove that just because you're proficient at one thing doesn't mean you're proficient at everything. Fortunately, I never had to use algebra or geometry or any other of that crazy-ass bullshit in my job. So 52 is also the atomic number of tellurium, which is a brittle, rare, silver-white metalloid found in its native form as crystals, which is cool. I love crystals. I kind of collect them. It's more common in the universe than on Earth. So it's not like you're going to, you know, take a walk and stumble upon some. 52 is a significant number in the Maya calendar, and it's the code for the international direct dial phone calls to Mexico, which my mom and her husband have been to many times. They stay at this place, Riviera Maya, I think it is. It looks absolutely beautiful. And no, they have never once taken me. But they did take me to Las Vegas in 2011, which, as many of you know, is my favorite city. So, I have some facts about Las Vegas. I didn't see this when I was there, but supposedly they have a mobile clinic. It's called Hangover Heaven. He's knocking over books with IVs that have saline, vitamins, and antioxidants in them. It cruises the strips and makes house calls. Like, I, I guess if you really hung over, you can call this thing. We could have used one of those in college. I was never drunk, but I saw my share of drunk people. And, oh my God, the stories I could tell. But just as a uh, little medical fact for yens who do get hangovers, that I've never had one, but... I think what it is is a really bad headache, and what that's from is dehydration, because dehydration will really fuck you up. I have had heat exhaustion as a firefighter, and I mean, it just, it's an awful, awful feeling, so I kind of figure it's similar, but anyway, when you're hungover, alcohol dehydrates your body. I don't really know the chemistry of it, but that's why... Oh my god. You know what he's... I wish I had my camera so I could take a picture of this. He has cleared out books on my bookshelf. The second... Not the lowest level, but the second one up. He has squeezed his fat self on the shelf between the books. I, I have no idea what he's doing. Oh god. Okay. So... Anyway, when you're hungover, take note of this in case you get hangovers. What you need is hydration. So these IVs have saline, vitamins, and antioxidants. Get some Gatorade, Powerade, or Pedialyte. And they also have those packs. I have one. It's called um, Emergency. You know, like the letter C is in uh, vitamin C. And you put them in some water, and it's supposed to replenish your fluids really quick. So if you're somebody that likes to go out and have fun and get drunk, what I would do is buy a pack of those. Uh, I think they call them liquid IV or, or something like 
something with a name ivy in it but um the strip you know the las vegas boulevard the famous strip is technically not within vegas city limits i don't know where it is but i thought that was interesting and this one's kind of true crime related in las vegas an average of five to seven adults are reported missing daily and over 200 monthly this is adults like where are these people up disappearing to is there like a giant crater somewhere there that swallows people up that's crazy i think that somebody should deputize me and send me to vegas to investigate this and it's another day and some little asshole is gone he's out there sleeping so i don't want to wake him up and i figured out that i'm going to get a door to this room and i was looking on walmart.com today for doors and i found a couple so i'm going to see if um either my stepdad or our family friend of ours that cuts our grass can install a door and then the uh, studio will be safe from intruders what he'll do is he'll sit there and scratch the door but it's not as bad as him in here like getting into everything and stuff this isn't related to my favorite things but i'm working on the next episode and i think think will be like the end of january it's not really a request, but it's dedicated to four of my friends, Jenny, her boyfriend, Glenn, and Kelly and Dan. And they're active. They hike. They're like my age. And they are currently in Africa, and they just climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Can you believe that? They actually climbed Mount fucking Kilimanjaro. And you know, like I have to take a nap after I go to Walmart or something. And these people are, like, you know, out there killing it. So I am so impressed by them. I just can't believe it. And they have the coolest pictures. They have all these cute animals, like giraffes and elephants and um, otters and um, beautiful places that they're staying, like sunsets and just really, really cool things. And I told them that I would do a case that takes place in Africa. And I didn't realize that I bit off more than I can chew. Well, not not bit off more than I can chew. But either people don't commit crimes in Africa or they're just not that widely reported. And I have a feeling it's the second one. There are a lot of South African serial killers. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about South Africa and crimes. And... I looked it up by countries, and I wasn't even going to let myself look at South Africa because it, it seems like those cases are ones that you hear about. And I wanted to do something obscure, something that nobody knows about. And I found one. All right. This is actually, I found two of them. And I started working on the one, and I'm like, for reasons, I just decided, no, this isn't really what I want to get into. So I found this one. And I have enough information on the crime. And I have enough to talk about, like, psychology and motive. Like, make a lesson out of it. Which is, like, what, what I like to do. Like, the meat. You know, what I consider the necessities for me to talk about a case. But what's missing, what I absolutely hate, 
is I can't find anything about the victims. And there's quite a few of them. It's not like there's just one. I don't. I can't find any pictures of them. All I have basically is their names and ages. And I hate to not be able to talk about the victims. It, that really, uh, that's never happened before where I had no information on the victims. Um, there's not even really a whole lot on the offenders. There's more than one. But like I said, there is enough that I can analyze what they did and said and relate to it in, in some of my, you know, my own experience. And it, it made me realize, I don't want to say they're all the same, but the thought process of you know, some person I interviewed here in Pittsburgh and a mass murderer halfway around the world in Africa have, have the same thought processes. And the same, so much is the same. The, you know, it's not my fault, it's this is fault or that fault or, you know how they, they all ha have this, this way of deflecting blame of, you know, inability to take responsibility for their behavior. It seems like no matter what language you speak, what race you are, where you live, it's something that, the, that they all, or most of them share. Which is interesting. It's, an, it's like a, you know, cultural study. It's like, look, these criminals are the same as ones that, that I've interviewed. So that's going to be an easy one. Well, not easy, but it's going to be one part one where it's just done and one part and done. And then one of my Swedish friends asked for a case. And fortunately, it's something that there is a lot of information on. And I'm like, oh, him, no problem. I do know a lot about this one. This one should be easy. So that one should be coming in early February. I love when Yin's request cases. It makes me feel like I'm making somebody happy. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I like to feel useful. Like if you put in a request, you know, say, I'd like to hear about this or that or whatever. Or even if it's not a specific case, or just about maybe... Do you have any cases from my hometown or my home state or country? Or, um, you know, I would like a, a poisoner or, you know, whatever it is. And if I can uh, provide that to somebody and they can learn something from it, then I'm happy. So back to my favorite things. Rodents. I love rodents, as most of you who know me know I'm a pig mom and I've been a rat mom. I love rats, they're so sweet. And I've had hamsters, of course. It's, you know, what kid hasn't. And what other rodents? I had, um, not counting the mice who are in this house illegally, <laughs> I had a mouse one time. And anyway, the word mouse comes from the Sanskrit word for thief, which I guess is kind of appropriate. And this one's a little bit disturbing. It takes mice five seconds to mate. That's disturbing in and of itself, but also in the fact that somebody cared enough about that to study it, that somebody watched that or observed it. It's like, my God, get, get a hobby. And this is cool. I like this one. In Russia, there's a monument to honor lab mice who have died to further scientific research. And I hate hearing about stories that 
involve animal research for obvious reasons. Do I have any other rodent fans out there? Um, of course, I like all animals, except for spiders. Fuck them. But of course, I'm a fan of dogs. I think everybody knows that. And if you had to guess what's the most expensive dog breed to own, what would you guess? Just think about it like in terms of size. Well, it's Great Danes and because they're so big and I guess you have to feed them a lot. The smallest ever dog, I'll go into the opposite end of the spectrum, was a Yorkie. You know, the Yorkshire Terriers, the little yippy ones, who weighed four ounces and was three and a half inches long. I can't even picture that. How do you not step on them? I, I wouldn't want a dog that small. That's, and you, you don't have to worry about losing them. But fortunately, I don't have a problem with Nathan because he weighs like 20 pounds and uh, he's, he's never going to get lost in here. The most popular name for dogs worldwide is Max. And I know, not personally know, but I know a lot of people who name their dogs Max. And I'm like, really? I love books, of course, and I've never read this book, but the first American novel to sell one million copies was Uncle Tom's Cabin, written in 1852, and the longest sentence in a book. I have not read this one either, and I, I really don't have any uh, interest in it. Now, this is a sentence, and it's 823 words. It's in Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. I really thought it was going to be um, Ulysses by James Joyce. I have that book and I just haven't read it yet. And I decided that I wanted to read it because I read somewhere. I don't know who it was decided this, but English teachers or something. Um, they named like the hardest books to read. And they said that was number one. So... I like challenges, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to read that. And um, I don't know how long I've had it for. It's, it's sitting here. It's a big-ass book. It's like, I don't know, really thick. And the weird thing about it is it takes place all in one day. That's like what it's known for. And it's, I think, June 16th. And it's James Joyce was Irish, and it takes place in Dublin. And it's about these four characters who the book is just about the four of them and what they do on June 16th. And I think in Ireland they call that day um, Bloomsday. And I had to look up why. I remember Bloomsday, but I couldn't remember why. Anyway, the one of the main characters is Leopold Bloom. So every June 16th, Ireland has some kind of, um, I don't know even what, know what they do, but celebration of the book. And I always mean to start it on a June 16th, but I always forget about it. My furnace just came on. You can probably hear it. It's like right under here. I have to turn it off before I record like regular episodes because it's so loud. But I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to go edit it, put it on. So when you hear this, it'll be my birthday. And the following week, I got a two-parter and I'm going to put them out one after the other. So you don't have to wait for them. You'll hear them like one after the other. Okay, class dismissed.